Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed. Here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And this is Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. And I'm back. She's back, baby. If you listen regularly, you know that that's a thing. If you're just starting today, you're like, where were you? Um, But, uh, man, I missed you, Allie. Yeah, it's so good to see you. (laughs) I know. I enjoyed all of our wonderful guest hosts, but there's nothing quite like. Yes, so many great pals (laughs) subbing in and doing such a good, funny job. But, man, nothing like the original. How you doing? Oh, good. You know, I hurt my back again. I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. That sucks. <laughs> like, just, and I think it wasn't even, like, this isn't even, like, my back, like, in the way that, like, oh, it's terrible mm-hmm. and it always ha-. Like, I think this is just, like, getting older and it's, like, oh, yeah, sometimes it just kind of sucks. Like, your body yeah. just sucks. I feel like it's, like, yeah, like, as we um, edge towards <coughs> 40, there is this thing of, like, well, God, something's got to so go. Close. You know right. what I mean? It's just... If it's not your spine, it's going to be your feet. Yes. You know I mean? It's going to be yeah, something. Your shoulder. A lot of people have back problems. Yeah. We're, we are we evolved wrong. We you did. Know, God made us bad. God and, made us bad. Um, you know, we, we are going to always have issues with being upright. Yes. And um, and we conquered the earth with that ability, and now we're ruining it. And, and now we're you know, ruining it. Really, the back is the source of all evil. I agree. What I'm I deeply agree. Also, my doctor, like, we're, like, beyond the point of, like, oh, no, what if it's a thing we should fix? He was like, I'm just going to call in a whole bunch of drugs and you take whatever you feel like. And I was like, oh, that's what we do now for problems? Like, we're so old. Like, I'm so old that it's like, I don't know, there's muscle relaxers and Valium and all kinds of stuff. And just like, I don't know, get yourself comfortable and it's just sucks now. (laughs) You know, and I'm sure, I mean, I know you have wonderful doctors. This is sort of like, well, this explains why the opioid crisis happened. Where doctors like, I don't know, I got all these new pills. Uh, They're telling me good things about them. Why don't we just take a bunch home and... We'll check in later. Yeah. Um, but I am glad that you're not in excruciating pain recording yeah, no, this. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But uh, how are you? I'm good. It's hot as hell here in, yeah. in Los Angeles. Um, I'm very excited. We're recording this before the 4th of July holiday, and I have a full week off of work, and I'm Oof. so excited. Yes. And my really, plan is to do nothing. Yes. That is also my plan, as I am finally done with this 57-show run. Um God, of, yeah. Oh, God, a show about abortion, which has been such a delight and also an absolute terror given the hellish uh, political climate that we live in and the state of— Oh, yeah, that uh, part. I know. Like, I'm doing great. Oh, no. Wait, I know. Yeah, yeah terrible. Oh, like, God. we live in a terrible place where people who can get pregnant are not treated as humans and uh, the environment is not protected and everybody can and should own a gun, apparently. <laughs> Like, and, um, yeah, and, and, you know, it all comes back to, you know, I mean, listen, I, we don't, I know you don't listen to this podcast about politics, but too bad. Tough shit. Um, 
Yeah, eat shit. No, um, I know you guys understand what we're talking about. And and not to downplay Rover's Wade, obviously it's so horrific. But, you know, I'm really hung up on, like, um, the Clarence Thomas opinion where he's like, also, here's three others we should we should revisit, a.k.a. overturn. That's what yes. he's saying in this. Yeah, it's not right. saying, hey, I'll, maybe I'll come out and agree it. with them. Right. Which is um, contraceptives, contraceptives for married people, um, gay marriage, and then just the legality of having private gay sex. Yes. And I'm like, why in God's name are we so hell-bent on turning back the clock and having things be shit? I don't understand. Like, in the way I mean, that we've... So many people work for so long to not have to, to be have like live in shit, and yes. yet we're we're headed back there. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just there's just, no easy answers because it's like it's they're terrible. gonna be there forever, Ugh. and it's bad, right? And like also these assholes are all gonna die. So, well, not Amy Coney Barrett. She's like young, which sucks. She's fifty. Like, she's gonna be there for thirty years. Yeah, but like Clarence Thomas is old as shit. Like you don't have to live in this world much longer. Why are but you he changing wants to. it? He would right. love to. He and that uh, Ginny Thomas. I yeah. mean, they would love to live in some fucking hand Handmaid's Tale ass Christian nightmare world. So I don't know. I, I truly can't tell you. And it's all um, so yeah. bad. But it's, it's good uh, to be back and to have yeah. each other. I know. I do take a lot of solace, and like I personally have a lot of wonderful people in my life, and and we could be grateful for those things. Yes. Um, while also outraged and horrified um, yes. by other things. Yes. Um, and I think we have a great movie for this week, actually, because um, it's a goofy one. Yes. And I think that it is a fun, you know, more lighthearted compared to some other movies, like for example, The Black Phone. Yes. The, if you were in the live show. I was just not in the, not in the right headspace to see children be terrorized, you know. And yeah, rarely am I, and rarely will I be. But I think theater's a good, good, fun, weird example. And yes. this is, of course, based I've been on waiting the to do King. this one for a while. So great. Yes, it's a, it's it's iconic in its way. Um, it's of course based on the Stephen King book of the same name. And we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Allison, what are your thoughts about the the thinner trailer? I mean, Goofy is such a good description of, like, this. Also, like, this, like, it's from, like, what, 1996? So it's also, like, the vibe yes. of the 90s and the way, it like. It feels, like, to me, 86. Like, it looks yeah. so dated in a way where, like, I feel like there's things, you know, like, I can't remember. I want to say Independence Day came out around the same time. Yeah, it's like, like that to me feels more modern. Yeah. This looks very, yeah, 80s. It looks super dated. It feels like a commercial for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like an infomercial, but, like, I mean, just, like, also that the tagline, at least at the end of the trailer for this movie, was, like, more terror, less filling is <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and that's the level of, of joke we're getting to. Yes. That, that, that's what we're getting here. I really love it. I mean, like, this is a movie that, like, my friends and I have, like, joke. I've never seen it, obviously, but, like, it's been a joke. Um, my friend Vincent used to do what the— um, Mm-hmm. old man in the movie does and just kind of like brush his hand near your face and say thinner just like yeah. as a bit and like I don't know why um, um, so that's like yeah, the, like I, I like that it's like goofy spooky yeah Dave and I would um, wipe our hand over each other's face and say thicker <laughs> which that's that's the modern reboot so yes. it just gets so thick yes <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, well, like, somebody needs to write that. I think it's you. Um, and it's us. Please it's let us. us do it. We'll do it. Then it was directed by Tom Holland, who has also directed, oh, God, Stephen King's The Langoliers, which we absolutely have to have. But much like Stephen King's it, the 90s version, well, in the current version as well, it's like um, 
two movies. Like, it's so long. Mm -hmm. um, but it's great. It stars Bronson. Branson Pinchot is the, essentially <gasps> the villain. Falky. Um, and then um, Tom Tom Holland also um, directed and co-wrote um, the first Child's Play. Oh. And he wrote and directed Fright Night, which we also should do. And he also did a sequel to Psycho, which that'd be fine. I feel like people have told us we should watch that. So he's, he's been in the mix in a lot of different ways. And um, he it was written by Michael McDowell, and he did Beetlejuice. So I feel like oh. we've got some people okay. who are, again, very iconic, especially in 90s um, horror. Um, he, so he wrote that with Holland. Um, so, uh, we also take a baseline scary, um, before we start the film. And this is hard because we have done curses fairly recently. Yeah. And this is a curse-based, um, mm -hmm. uh, movie. And so I was trying to, um, think of, like, exactly how to put it. But I guess there is something where it's like, what if, how scary do you find the, the idea of losing weight really rapidly and having no idea why? I mean, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, that ha I had a friend who, like, lost a bunch— she, like, couldn't figure it out, um, and she, like, lost a bunch of weight really quickly. And she was like, if it's a tapeworm, I'm keeping it. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> she was like, this is awesome. What um, was it? Like, I don't think they ever did. And, and then it stopped. Like, it just, like, kind of, like, happened. Oh. I, like, want, like you know, I think some people, like, you have, like— I think most people, like, you have, like, a kind of natural body weight mm -hmm. that, like, your body is kind of settles into. And I think that maybe— she was just settling. I, I don't fully remember. No, I, but mean, I remember the, her like you know, being you take, like, make personal, like your life can, you know, I mean, life situations yeah. suddenly you're, you know, you'd find yourself like, oh, I mean, okay. I've lost weight rapidly, but it was like very intentional and definitely not healthy. <laughs> but God, I know, I know, like so many people, not at work, but like some people work doing keto. And I'm like, no. you, just so everyone knows, keto is something that a doctor will put you on if you have diabetes and you need to lose weight rapidly in order to like control your blood sugar. It's yes. not something that. A normal person should be on. If you want to lose 10 pounds, like, don't yeah, do keto. Yeah, there are a lot of long-term repercussions for that kind of thing, especially if you're not doing it under any sort of supervision. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, in this this movie, I think it's sort of the, you know, uh, you know be careful what you wish for type of yes. thing, where it's like, yeah, we'd all love to be able to drop weight, but then once the weight starts to spiral out of control, yes. you, you do want to keep some weight on. You yes. know, so the weight's You want good. to exist. <laughs> And this movie is pro-weight, I think. This movie is, you want to keep that on your bones. Um, cool, pro-weight. And then, based on the trailer, Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. It's hard to, like, because I feel like it's such a straightforward movie. Like, he hits a woman with his car and, like, is cursed to get thinner and thinner and thinner. Like, uh, <laughs> It's like, I don't know, like, what kind of twist to even guess. I mean, maybe, like, how it ends? Like, yes. maybe. And that's the, what we're looking at. This is a this is a twist within the last, I'm going to say, eight minutes of the film. Whoa. Oh, interesting. Okay. Knowing that, what, what might, what, you know, we, we sort of feel like, ah, oh, we figured it out. We know the ending. And then suddenly. Like, the curse ends if, like, the person who placed the curse is killed. That's my guess. Okay. I don't know if I would consider that a twist, but I, I you know, I, I, I don't know. I a brainstorm. Um, yeah. Maybe it wasn't a curse. It was like a, like a bacterial infection. Love it. Love it. <laughs> that's, that, that's fun. That's very that's fun. fun. He just made up this whole thing in his head. Yeah. It's like this guy like cursed him, but he just happens to also have like ingested something that like, you know, 
disrupt his body's biology. <laughs> he it was like that. It was like a story a couple of years ago where somebody used a neti pot and they used it with like unboiled lake water and they got an amoeba in their brain. Yes. Something like that. It's like, oh no, my lake water neti pot. Like, it's not a curse, that it's actually something uh, physical and biological. That's good. I really like that. All right, well, let us begin by ruining Thinna. So we open on, of course, it's set in Maine. You know it's set in Maine. I mean, it's Stephen King. We're in Maine. And I will say, having been to Portland uh, uh, due to my job, I appreciate this is a movie where it's very clearly shot in Maine. And it's got like those big, beautiful houses. Oh, it looks so green and it's gorgeous. And during the start of the film, the protagonist has to drive up, like, essentially go on, like, a little tour of Maine. Oh, um, so that was nice. kind of fun, where it's like, oh, this is really, this is really lovely. And um, so we see a bunch of cars driving into this small town. One might even call it a caravan, Allison. And um, we see our protagonist, Bill Hellick. Sees them drive by, and he sort of has a well-appointed, like, beautiful suburban home. And he says out loud to himself, huh, honest-to-God gypsies. Now, I'm going to be using, uh, after our um, Drag Me to Hell, I'm going to be using the term um, uh, Roma people, Romani people. Um, just so I, we're not saying it all, you know, gypsy all the time. You know what I mean? I think people are like, we understand. 1996. Yeah, and this movie yeah. really is built on all the horrible uh, stereotypes, stereotypes about the Romani people, yes. you know. Uh, so, uh, and you know, and it's interesting. It's sort of like uh, the idea of a curse, and it's sort of like the idea that like the Romani are sort of known uh, for curses. Yes, and that is uh, based on something I was reading. Sort of the idea that like that was the only power they had. They were like disenfranchised in right. Europe. They literally so didn't have a home. Yeah, so they had to cultivate this sort of, like, the mystique and, like, and the idea of, like, them as psychics, like, this ability. It's, like, yes. that was their in. Like, that was yes. their way of sustaining themselves or protecting themselves is to rely on these, um, you know, sort of spiritual ideas because they were so unprotected. And yes. I'm like, oh, of course. You know what of I mean? Course. Like, that sucks. But also, it sucks to then use that as a stereotype to denigrate um you know, actual people in, uh, everything's bad is what I'm saying. Yeah, everything um, is bad and we treat everyone poorly. That's kind of the message of being alive. And um, our main character, Bill, is played by Robert John Burke. And he is, of course, wearing a fat suit. And I'll tell you, you don't see that. That's a 90s thing for sure. Yes. It is is fat suit, um, and then so a skeleton say, appears later in the movie. Yeah, I will say that, like, while I object to the like it's like just hire the person to play the role like i do see with this movie the fact that like the whole premise is like a changing body i'm like a, li- a little more understanding yeah and i will be honest i yeah i feel like it's like if it's for body horror i feel like it, we're this is not supposed to be like a real like he this is a morality tale this is a morality right. play about punishments that are being visited on people who deserve them and um, I guess to me it feels le- a little less. It, it's shallow hell made me feel worse watching it than this movie, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is, you know, a lot about Bill's weight, and he steps mm. on a um, scale. He's clocking in about um, two uh, ninety seven, yes. and he's like, "Oh boy!" And he goes downstairs, and his wife Heidi is really on him to like be healthy. She makes him this like also she's so funny, like, like they're like a tiny thin blonde lady. Yes. Oh, yeah. stunning. I mean, like a high powered lawyer lawyer's wife. You mean like yeah. she's perfect? They yes. have like a little tween daughter who's adorable yes. like you know so they have again the per- the perfect life the picture perfect life and to that point uh Heidi his wife is really like trying to work with him and his doctor to like 
get his weight down because it is like he's it's it's unhealthy. Unhealth, we already yes. established that. Like he is he's someone who does need to lose weight and like eat better. And it's again hard where it's just like he, you see at one point there's just like six bags of bags of chips on the counter <laughs> and it's like they do like not that nobody eats food in this way but sort right. of like. The idea that this guy's go, this guy's going nuts all the time. Yes. I'm like, ah, he should go to therapy. You know, be like, if yeah, that was true, there's it's more like, that's going on that, here. Yeah, something to explore within yourself. Yes. You know, so Six she had some. Was it all the same chips? No, it was, it was like Doritos, oh. Fritos. I mean, listen, it, it was like he was having a party, and yes. it was for a party of one. Party of one. And it's funny because she makes him like a, a disgusting health shake, and it's like, wow, it's kind of we've kind of fallen off of it, but like smoothies were so huge. They do yeah. someone being like, oh, I got to drink a smoothie. Yeah, you know? now it's like, oh, my treat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's full of sugar. That's the thing. Difference in the 90s, too. It's like, yeah. we, now we're like, sugar's horrible. The 90s you know? was like, just have like a bagel and cream cheese. That's yeah, diet like just food. Yeah, eat the healthy thing of a plate of pasta and, and a Diet Coke, and you're going to go. <laughs> now that's like the most depraved thing and yes. the most delicious. Yes. Um, but, you know, she's sort of like, she's tracking his weight on like a Excel sheet. And she's like, uh, you know, like, I, I just really want to make sure that like you're eating healthy and, and I'm just concerned about your weight, you know. And she's like, you know... It's going to be fine. And she, he takes a sip of, this, of the shake and he goes, ugh, what are you doing to me? And Heidi says, I'm doing what you always ask me to do in the backseat of your father's car. I'm proving my love. And I'm like, oh boy, that's, that's a relationship deep cut. There's something going on there. <laughs> yeah. And so their, teenage, uh, their tween daughter, Linda, comes, out, comes in and she's like, so are you going to go to— A tween Linda? Come on. Yeah. Again, I mean, there's name. a whole Kimmy Schmidt episode about the baby named Linda. Well, you know, I know a baby named Linda. Well, I <gasps> guess she's a toddler now, but I know someone whose baby is named Linda. And it's a family is name. It's a family Yeah. And then I know, I, you know, I, I know this, the mother, Robin, hi, if you're listening. <laughs> no, for years, I find out late in the game, it's Linda with a Y. And I was like, you've blown my mind. Wait. Like, you're naming a baby Linda with a Y. Where is the Y? Like instead, instead of, of the I. I'm imagining it instead of the A for some reason. I'm like, that's Lindy. That'd be Lindy, but it's a different even, name. even that would be more understandable. To yes. Me. Linda with a Y. L-Y-N-D-A. Wow. And now that I'm seeing it in my mind's eye, I kind of like it. I, I might yeah, bring, actually, if I have I'm, a child, I might bring Linda back. I am tur- I'm turning my, I'm changing my tune on Linda. <laughs> So uh, their teen daughter, Linda, comes in, and she sort of introduces sort of what, what will set up one of the big dynamics in the movie. She says, so are you going down to New Haven and to get off Mr. to get Mr. Mafia off? And so Bill is defending a notorious mobster named Richie the Hammer Gelini, uh, and um, they start sort of trading Brando impressions. And uh, Heidi doesn't think this is funny. It's like, it's bad enough your father's defending him. I don't want you to, like, make fun of this. That man's a murderer. And Bill's like, I'm sure he did not hire that hitman. And she's like, maybe he didn't hire this hitman this one time, but he's still a bad person. Yes. And Bill's like, yeah, well, I'm a lawyer, so I'm going to defend him. You know, like, I'm hired to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So they go down to court, and Bill, basically, it turns out he hired a private detective and uh, the case is, did Galini um, pay a hitman to kill this guy, Max Dugenfield? Dugenfeld. Uh, no, I guess it's Dugenfield. Max Dugenfield, who is still alive and he's with us today and he's being called to be a witness. And he they have the him come up. Intended victim. Okay. Um, and so our understanding is, like, uh, Galini has, like, killed a bunch of people in the past. So the question is, did he hire a hitman to kill this person who is still alive? The hitman did not succeed. Bad hitman. I know, Exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I imagine he was a, they had probably had to hire a hitman to deal with that guy. He's going to get so, a terrible Yelp review. 
<laughs> so uh, Max Dukenfeld, um shows up and Bill's like, don't worry, I hired a private detective and he found out some great dirt that's going to help get you off. And he goes and says, Mr. Dugenfeld, um, has anyone else ever tried to kill you? And he goes, no. Well, I mean, I guess three years ago, my wife tried to hire a hitman, you know, but our relationship wasn't great. And But then she went through the change and like our relationship's been great ever since. What? And so basically that's enough to like um, call into question like who hired the hitman. Also like, like his own wife had. You had such a rough relationship that your wife hired someone to kill you, but then she went through menopause and things are smooth sailing now. And look, every relationship is different. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I you know, I, again, it seems, again, hope we go to therapy. Hopefully they work things out. Um, I, to me, someone hiring a hit person to kill me is a deal breaker. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. Next thing you know, we see Bill go chowing down on a, like, an elaborate, like, lobster lunch on a fancy boat in the harbor where Galini is thanking him for, you know, getting, having him found yeah. not guilty. And he says, you know, legal help aside, we I paid for that. Personally, I owe you a favor. So, Bill, if you ever need anything, you let me know. I will also add that the actor who plays Galini, his voice was so familiar. I looked up his name is Joe Montagna. Joe Montagna. He is the voice of Fat Tony on The Simpsons. Oh, what a perfect casting. Exactly. So he has that perfect yes. Italian, you know, sort of uh, mafioso low voice. Yes. It's yes. so good. I mean, an iconic voice. Wow. So and Bill's like, okay, thanks. Probably won't need it, but, you know. Right. Back in town, we see the Romani caravan has taken over the town, town square and sort of set up a, a carnival. So there's, like, games and, like, prizes. And a Romani a woman encourages Bill, like, come on over, you know, honey. And, like, he's sort of, like, flirts with them and he, meanwhile Bill is ogling this beautiful Romani woman Gina and okay. she's playing a slingshot game where like kids can slingshot into a target and win a prize sure but he's like oh no thanks and he ends up he, he's like I'm gonna take the stairs up to his office and he walks um, five stories up and as soon as he walks in is, is his colleague Kirk Penchley he slaps him on the back and he's like you did it you got him off it's a huge win for the firm and they both go into uh, Bill's office and immediately start ogling Gina who Kirk calls a, quote, gypsy piece of ass. So you know Kirk sucks, and well, he's going to get what's coming to him. And he tells Bill, here's what you should do. I'm going to give you a quarter. Go out there and tell her to raise her skirt. And Kirk is like, did your prick never escape sixth grade? Which I thought was a funny way to put that. That is funny. As they're talking about her, she turns as if she could hear them, even though she's outside and, like, easily 500 yards away. Yeah. And they sort of, like, are taken aback. And Bill says, you know, we're, we're do- I'm done with the case. I'm taking the rest of the day off. And Kirk's like, great, but come to the club tonight, the country club, I guess. And because I'm going to take you out, we're going to get you a great meal. And Bill's like, hey, you know I love that. I'm going to do it. So <laughs> A meal, I'm in. So on the way out, um, Bill runs into the uh, judge, uh, Car- Judge Kerry Rossington. And Bill thanks the judge for giving him the name of that detective at the detective agency. So the judge basically put him in contact with this person, which is completely unethical. Yes. So now we know the judge is a piece of shit. Yes. The other reason we know is that he's like, we've been invaded by a bunch of filthy, thieving gypsies. Look at them. And again, so now you're like, oh, so the judge is also a piece of shit. Okay, so everybody's a piece of shit, I think, is where we landed. Yeah, at least everyone who Bill knows, Yeah, yeah, everybody Bill knows sucks. (laughs) Yeah. And as they look on, the police, including the chief of police, Chief uh, Duncan Hopley, start to, like, just kick the Romani people out including Gina. And 
we see this incredibly old, long-haired uh, Romani gentleman who we saw in the trailer, and his name is uh, Tadzu Lemke, and he's sort of the head of the, you know, traveling clan, mm-hmm. and uh, they load everybody into their cars, and Chief Hopley comes over and says, like, they're out of the square, but they rented land over on Lars Ancaster's farm, so they're not going anywhere. And Bill's like, well, you can't kick them off private property, you know? And the judge is like, well, we have to, unless you got the entire high school football team coming down with a clap. And I'm like, what world are we living? Like, it's like, what are you talking about? But the judge and the chief, um, they peel off, and Bill heads to his car, only to find Gina, um, the woman they were talking so really about, sort of making eyes at him, like, seductively, as they load up her van. At the judge? And she reaches into her bra and pulls out a quarter— Okay. And she lifts her skirt Metal and shows— change in a bra. A nightmare. Oh, yeah, just, like, hot coins stuck to your boobs? Yeah, no, th- like, like bills, at least I understand. They're, <laughs> like, you know, technically cloth or, like, paper or whatever. Like, they're woven oh, yeah. or whatever. Like, smooth, flat, like, not—but, like, a, round, a metal circle. Get that <laughs> out of my bra. So she lifts her skirt, shows him her underwear, and then when Bill's sort of eyes bug out of his head, she flips him off and spits in his direction— so the implication is that, like, she did hear their conversation yeah. about the quarter. How would she have heard something like that? Perhaps she and her family have supernatural powers. There it is. That night at the country club, Bill and his wife Heidi join Kirk and his wife, Mrs. Kirk, never given a name at the club, and they toast the detective agency that the judge, like, hooked Bill up with. And the dessert cart comes around, and Heidi has to, like, physically fight Bill off of it. And it's like, nope, we're, we're skipping dessert, we're going home. And in the car, she's like, I'm sorry, I know I'm always on you about this, but, like, I just, you know, it's really important to me that you are around as long as possible. She says, I don't want you to start digging your grave with a, a spoon and fork. I'm like, okay, that's a little rude. That's nasty. And she can tell she's kind of been a little too far because she starts, starts, like, kissing Bill as he drives, and he's like, you know, you're right. It's just, like, I, it's all I think about is food. Like, I just find, I mean, I get so, so consumed with it. And she says, well, maybe I can help you think about something else. Next thing you know, Allison, she's giving him Roadhead. And this movie wow. really is a rumination on the ethics of Roadhead. Allison, what's your opinion about it? I mean, I just don't understand why we can't just pull over and stop driving. I find it, like, in the same, for, like, kind of for the same reasons that I'm anti-69ing. Mm-hmm. I'm Staunchly. like, focus and enjoy the thing. If I'm going to put in all that work... <laughs> <laughs> like, right. I don't need you multitasking. Yeah, because, like, I certainly would never want to drive while getting it. And then no. also the idea of doing it. And then what if the driver loses control of the car? Then they find you dead. Yeah, I don't want to. crush mid-road head. You I don't, don't want to die when you're conscious. in my mouth. Like, <laughs> that's just not happening. That's the quote of the episode. You know <laughs> what I mean? But, like, yeah, it's, like, not, I don't know. It seems unnecessary. I understand yeah. that the risk is probably part of the excitement. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, Allison, they're driving back towards the square, and we see at the pharmacy, which is, like, right near the town square, um, we see that Lemke, Gina, as well as um, the two other Romani people in their household, Suzanne and Gabe, they're there to get a prescription for this huge open sore on his, on Lemke's nose, which people, at some point, somebody says it's cancer. I'm like, so this guy just has, like, open cancer on his Um, nose, and that's sort of how things were in 1996. Let Let it go. And the pharmacist, of course, is played by Stephen King. And he's just, like, really, he's, like, glaring at Gina and Gabe and, like, of course, suspecting them of stealing, you know, sort of, like, acting weird. And Suzanne, who's also elderly, says to Lemke, I'm going to go get my jacket from the car. I'm cold. 
Allison, she walks outside and immediately into the street. And Bill, being so distracted by the roadhead, immediately just slams into her, doesn't even get a chance to tap the brakes. Her body gets thrown onto the windshield, and there's blood just sprayed everywhere. Needless to say, she's an elderly woman. She's dead. She's dead. Sometime later, Heidi and Linda are with Bill at the breakfast table, and Linda says, how did you get a trial so fast? And Bill's like, it's not a trial, it is a coroner's inquest to basically determine it was it an accident or was a crime committed. Hmm. And Heidi and Bill tell her an accident is not a crime, your father didn't commit a crime. That being said, he was getting roadhead. I don't know the legality of roadhead. I can't I mean, miss. if texting if, and driving is illegal, exactly. then receiving oral sex and driving should be illegal. And we saw, we did see him them drinking. You know, he yes. they were toasting right. to champagne. So it's like, it's not like he wasn't also drinking. So right. um, the, the, ask, the judge sort of has the pharmacist on the stand at the inquest. Pharmacist is like, well, I, I saw Suzanne leave, but I really... You know, the judge is, wants him to say, oh, she was running. She ran into the street. Mm. And the pharmacist is like, I couldn't see her. Like, when she left, like, I couldn't tell you. And yeah. the judge is like, ugh, you're useless. Get off the stand. Because he's correct. Right. And then the police chief gets on the stand and says, Bill was sober as a judge, even though we know that can't be true. That can't be true. And also, he's getting a blowy. So the judge, again, who is best friends with Bill and uh, the chief of police, says, you know, there's no grounds to have a trial. This was just a terrible accident. And interestingly, I, I think it's like the rest of the movie, whenever Bill and Heidi are together, he gives her the keys and tells her to drive. Like, he will drive when yeah. he's alone, but when they're together, like, she's driving the car. Which I understand, that would yeah, sort of put I, you off driving. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, iconically, as he's about to get in the passenger, the passenger seat, he turns, and Lemke is suddenly there, inches from his, Bill's face, and he strokes his face with the back of his hand, and he tells him... Finna course, just pivoting and getting in the back of a black car and driving off. Allison, the next week, we see Bill weigh himself, and he weighs 283. So he has lost 14 pounds in seven days. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm crushing this. Like, yeah. I'm killing this diet. And Heidi's like, wow, like, that's incredible. I mean, like, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I'm doing it. And I was like, well, maybe it's the guilt making you lose all the weight. And Bill kind of, like, brushes her off. Okay. But everyone is making these, like, really rude jokes about it where it's like, even if you think that, like, That he, woman's dead. Horrifically. I mean, God, like, who wants to get hit by a car? And then, so, uh, speaking of, Bill gets, goes to get, um, goes to play golf with um, the judge, his wife, um, Kirk, and Dr. Mike Houston— who, I, again, everyone in this town is, like, rich and white and, like, yeah. the most she-she person you've met. Yes. And they're all like, oh, my God, Billy, you look incredible. Like, you look great. And is Kirk he, says, like, physically, like— he, he looks a little bit trimmer, I would yeah. say. He was someone—it's enough weight that when you see him, you're like, okay, okay. Okay, you're, you're trying try something. something new. Yeah. Um, and Kirk says, wow, avoiding a manslaughter charge has done wonders for you. Jesus Which Christ. Bill, of course, didn't like. And everyone, he's like— why is everyone making these jokes about this? So when they change in the clubhouse, Allison, the judge, without Bill's, didn't see this, the judge has says to Dr. Mike, hey, would you mind taking a look at something? And he has a scaly patch right in the middle of his sternum. Mm. And Dr. Mike's like, oh, it looks like your psoriasis is acting up. It's probably just stress or, you know, like some sort yeah. of change. So just, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the ointment that I prescribed last time. It'll clear right up. So not, not just Bill is having a physical change. The judge is also having one. Okay. Allison, while they're in the gym, or while they're in the uh, um, locker room changing, 
Bill weighs himself again, and he's 281. And Dr. Mike's like, wow, congratulations, man. You're like, good job. And Bill's like, you can't really, like, lose two pounds in a day, can you? I mean— But Dr. Mike's like, ah, you know, water weight. You know, when we start to eat healthy, you start to just—you get, like we said, like, sort of naturally level out. So, like, don't worry about it. And he says, at this rate, you'll be able to see your balls without using a mirror. Rude. Rude. Okay. Also, different scales are different, like— I could get on two different scales and have two different weights. Exactly. Right, within right like also, two like, pounds. if you're wearing your clothes. Like, he weighed himself with dressed earlier, yeah. so it's like, you know. Yeah. But, but so, um, in the shower, Bill and the judge are showering, and the judge is like, yeah, it's the damnedest thing. Um, after the inquest, Lemke came up to me on the street, and he touched me in the sternum. And Bill said, well, did he say anything to you? Of course, thinking about thinner. But the judge is like, how should I know? I was too busy worrying I got uh, lice or impetigo. It's like, you are a piece of shit. Like, you're an you just asshole. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, Allison, the next week, Bill's weight is down to 256. And Heidi's like, you have to stop whatever you're doing. Like, yes. this is too That's fast. too fast. It's 40 pounds in, in basically two weeks. And she's like, I am not a doctor. We have to, it's too much. Yes. And Bill's like, I'm not even on a diet. Like, have you, have I, have I seen, like, I'm dying this past week? Like, I'm eating normally. I eat right. meals. And she's like, how is it possible then that you've lost as much weight? And she's like, I want you to go see Dr. Mike. I'm concerned because sometimes rapid weight loss can be a symptom of cancer or diabetes, like other yes. things. And he's like, oh, my God, I gain weight. And I'm gonna, you tell me I'm going to have a heart attack. I lose weight. I've got cancer. I can't win. And it's like, oh. you have, like, that's an insane amount of weight to lose in two, in two weeks. weeks is not real, yeah. like not normal. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's eating cookie dough with his fingers. And it's like, if you're eating that much and still losing weight, then that's a Something huge is wrong. red flag. Yeah. Something is wrong. And Heidi's like, I, I just please go talk to Dr. Mike and get some tests. If not for me or for yourself, do it for Linda. You know, maintain your health for your child. So he's like, okay, he goes to see Dr. Mike. All his tests are normal. But even Bill is like, okay, but are you sure? Because, like, now Heidi has me nervous and I'm down to one, uh, 240. So I've even dropped more weight. And Mike's like, you know, like, um, I'm going to talk to a specialist, but, like, everything looks normal. And like a lot of people, you drop a lot of weight and then you wait, you'll probably gain some back and your weight will stabilize. So, you know, sure. you're in fine health. Everything looks fine. And so my, and so Bill's like, okay, so I, I guess. And he goes in to get a new suit. And the tailor's like, wow, wow, wow. Hotty, hotty, hotty. Hotty, blah, blah, Get your skinny ass over here and get a new suit. And Bill's like, let's do it. And he's like taking measurements. And Taylor's like, oh, my God, like, you're 40. You're almost down to a 38. And Bill's like, I, that's not even, how is that possible? That's, like, so different. And he said, do you have a scale here? And from the time that he has weighed himself at Dr. Doctor. Mike's office, he is down to 234. So that's six pounds in a day. That's not normal. The and two, the I like, could, like, yeah. yeah. But six? Yeah, exactly. And the Taylor's like, you have to tell me your diet. And Bill's like, I don't think you'd like it. I don't think you'd like it at all. So that night uh, at dinner, Bill's going to town, like, eating. I think, like, trying to, like, make up for it. He's, like, eating turkey and corn and just sort of wiling out. And meanwhile, Linda's sitting there watching this, like, and she says, Dad, um, is there, like, a thing as, like, male menopause? Like, some sort of, like, big change that men go through? Yeah, totally. I'm worried about you. Like, trying to be, like, what's going on? And Bill's, like, no, I'm just hungry. And he sort of, like, blows her off. And Linda's upset, so she runs off. And Heidi's also, like, distressed about the situation. He's like, why are you eating like this? Like, and he's like, I've been losing three pounds a day until today. And Heidi says, oh, so you've stopped losing weight that fast. That's great. And he's like, no, no, I lost six pounds today. today." 
And she, she, they're like, why are you, like, he's, like, essentially yelling at her about this. And she's like, yeah. you don't have to be mean to me about it. Like, why are you yelling at me about this? I'm yeah, going to like, go see a doctor. Yeah. And Bill says, I'm sorry, was I giving myself a blowjob just then? And Heidi's like, what are you talking about? Like, is that, is this, is and it no one else knows that? The, the thinner moment, except for him, right? Um, yes. So no she doesn't know. And she's like, why is this connected to that? Or like, you is, is it guilt? Like, are you dropping weight because of that? You think it's connected to like what happened? And, and he's like, ah, and he's so mad. And he's so like, he's just raging at her. And she's like, I'm going to have Linda go stay with Aunt Rhoda for a couple weeks because it, it's like summertime. She's off school. It's like, yeah. clearly you're going through something. I'm going to stay here. We're going to work on it together. I'm going to take her tomorrow. So you and I are going to figure out whatever this is. We're going to, if you need help, we'll go to whatever doctor. Yes. Linda will be fine. Which I was like, that's a very mature decision yes. for every, I feel like there's so many horror movies where I'm like, send the kids to somebody else's yes. house. Why are the kids still in the house when like an exactly. absolute physical and emotional terror is taking place? Yeah. Send Linda away. She doesn't have to deal with that. Um, Bill goes to the, the club, the country club alone. And he's just, again, fucking chowing down. And Dr. Mike stops by. He's like, okay, I heard back from the specialist. Um, it's definitely not a parasite or a tapeworm, so you don't have to worry about that. And Bill's like, oh, cool, great. Great, you know, it's like not, like, the easiest things to deal with. Yeah, and Dr. Mike's like, you know, I got you, uh, I want to admit you to the Glassman Clinic. It's an inpatient facility that it works on uh, metabolic disorders. They're expecting you tomorrow. You're just going to go there for a couple days. They're going to run every test they can on you. They will help you, and we'll figure it out. They're the best. And and then Bill's like, ah, I don't know. And he, again, Dr. Mike's like, he's like, even if you don't want to go for yourself, go for Heidi. She seems very upset. Yeah. Go for go for Linda. Also, you know. go for yourself. <laughs> go for yourself. <laughs> Bill, while he's eating, he looks, and at another table, we see the judge's wife, Lita, drinking a martini and looking incredibly sad. And Bill's like, you know, I know Lita is eating alone again. Is the judge sick? And Mike's like, oh, no, no I'm just out of town. I think his, his sister was in a car accident. And Bill's like, the judge doesn't have a sister. And Dr. Mike's like, I don't know. Maybe it's Lita's sister. Like, it's yeah. it's fine. You know what I mean? But I'll see you tomorrow at the Glassman Clinic. I'm going to come there. We're going to talk to them. I got you. I'm like, this is real service. Like, it's like, this is why being friends with the doctor seems great. It's like, I this know. guy's going to show up and, like, really help you. Yeah. And also, I guess, being rich. Yeah, being rich helps. But but so he leaves. But Bill is, like, filled with dread. And so that night, he stops by uh, the judge's house. And Lita's there. She, again, wasted. Blotto. Like, has another martini. And she's like, oh, yeah, the judge is in Minnesota. And Bill's like, Alita, I've lost 100 pounds. Um, I, I I need to talk to the judge because I, I think maybe we might be going through something similar. And Alita's face kind of falls. And she says, it was the gypsies, wasn't it? And in this moment, Bill, even though Bill is, like, edging up to it, it's like, I mean, but how would, how would they be able to have anything to do with right. it? Like, how would they? Right. It's not that's not. And Alita's like, all right, come on in. And he, literally, as he walks in, he hands her... His, she hands him her martini and she says, you're going to need this. Ooh. So he joins her as she makes another drink and she tells him he is in Minnesota. He's not visiting family or taking care of someone in a car accident. He's at the Mayo Clinic because he has some sort of egregious form of skin cancer. And he's like, I know what you're going to say. We're probably, it can't be something like we were cursed. Yes, we're both going to something who's like very strange, but th that's just a coincidence. You know, it's not connected. No, not at and, all. And Lita says, who are you trying to convince, me or yourself? And Lita tells Bill that Lemke came up to them as they were leaving dinner that, that same night. Yeah. And he touched the judge. He touched the judge on his sternum and said in his, in his ear. And the word was lizard. 
And then this actress, who I'm going to look up the name because she just fucking makes a meal out of the scene. This is my favorite scene where she just goes absolutely nuts on Bill. Um, Elizabeth Franz is the Great. actress. Incredible. And she's like, the little, when he left here, his hands were claws. His skin were turning into scale. It's this evolution in reverse. He's a sideshow freak. And like, while Bill's like backing up to the door and she tries to leave and she like throws herself on the door and she says, what did Lemke say to you? And he's like, it's not important. He didn't say anything to me. I, I, I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm going to leave. And she kicks him out. Literally, like, shoves him out the door onto the lawn. And she's like, it was it was you who killed the woman, not the judge. And Bill gets up, and he's like, you know, I might have written all over that fence, but it was the judge who slapped on the whitewash, and he was happy to do it. Which is true. The judge didn't even yes. blink. Like, yes. clearly this guy is corrupt. And Lita throws her drink in Bill's face and starts laughing maniacally and says, have a good time at Glassman, Billy. I hear the food's good. Come back in a few weeks and tell me what you believe about curses. Allison, at this point in the movie, I got to ask you, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? Well, what would you do? I mean, I think I would track down the man who, quote unquote, placed this curse and try and make things right. Absolutely. Like, Like, give them money, like acknowledge what happened and, like, take ownership of, like, the fact that even, like, yes, like, that is objectively still an accident, but, like, that you're at fault and, like, apologize and try and, like, make things right and then also still go to the metabolic clinic. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you could do both at the same time. Yes, those two things. I think those are the only, (laughs) like, cover all your bases. Like, medically make sure you're, like, deal with whatever's going on, but also, like, if there is anything in the supernatural world or just Mm -hmm. kind of the world of karma, try and make that right. Absolutely. And I I think we've also learned that from Drag Me to Hell, it doesn't always work, but it's, I think that's, at least pursuing the supernatural will allow allow you to get some answers or some ideas. So I think you got to get on board. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, Sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Uh, meanwhile, at, uh, we see the mafioso Janelli uh, getting a call from Bill at a bar, and uh, he said, do you think that um, gypsy curses are real? 
And Janelle's like, you know, I don't, but my mother does. And he goes, Mama. And she's behind the bar, like, making drinks. Like, it's their bar. We know that was fun. Although I'm just hearing Fat Tony. It is absolutely Fat Tony. And the same voice. It's the same voice. That's just his right actual voice. Like, this very mellow, very, like, Italian, you know. Um, So he asks her, you know, basically like, oh, do you know anything about curses? And she says, much like you just said, the only person who could take off the curse is the person who put it on the first place. So yeah. you're going to have to track them down, which I think is, yeah, like curses 101 for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, that's kind of like all we know about curses. <laughs> right. Yeah. So in the morning, Heidi drives Bill to the um, Glassman Clinic. And as they do, um, she's like, uh, so what happened to the Rossingtons, the judge's house? And he's like, well, you know, I mean, I, I went to go to Lita. And it turns out that she thinks that um, Milk Me and the Judge are under a, um, I'm going to say a curse. And Heidi's like, that's insane. That's not real. And also she's like, wouldn't you just curse our, our entire town? Like, why wouldn't everybody be cursed, you know? And Bill's like, well, not the entire town didn't kill his wife and try to cover it up. It was me, the judge, and, and he realizes the third person, the other person on the stand would be Chief Hopley. He hadn't even thought about checking with him. Oh. Because he was in on the cover-up because he right. said that he was, was not so drinking, low. which we know he was. Heidi says, okay, you're super di- distressed, you know, um, you know, just worry about checking the clinic and getting better. Do not worry about any of this. Thinking probably like, oh, he is having some sort of like horrific medical situation. And in order to understand it, he's like, it's a curse rather than, you know, it's like, okay, they need help. You need yes. help on every level, right. you know. Right. Um, finally they arrive at the clinic and while he's there, he's sort of like the doctor sort of runs some tests and he's just sort of like waiting around and he's, he's trying to call chief Hopley on his giant cell phone. So he even has a cell phone again, they're rich. He can't get through the, through the chief. The doctor's in a rough time. They're like, it, um, we, they're all like weirdly perky too. They're like, it's amazing. You've been eating 12,000 calories a day and you're still losing 12, weight. 000. Like. It's like we need a week to or need a work, week to work out a plan, but we will not give up, and we will figure this out, and we will get you right as rain. And he's like, okay. That night, he literally just bails on the Glassman Clinic, and he takes a cab to the Chief Hopley's house mm-hmm. uh, because he had called the station, and they're like, oh yeah, the chief's been out sick. Mm. Of course, he knocks on the door, and he's like, Chief. Um, he, he tells him about his situation about the judge, and finally, the chief unlocks the door. And he kind of follows the chief. We don't even see the chief right away. He follows him down a hallway, and then he sort of sits in darkness in his office. And, um, you know, Bill sort of sits, okay. sort of uh, cowed across from the chief. And the chief says, you know, I didn't even run a breathalyzer test on you. And Bill's like, well, I wasn't drunk anyways. I was drinking, yeah, but that it wasn't the issue. Right. And Bill's like, look, I, um, I can tell that you're undergoing something, some sort of transformation, too. I want to go find Lemke and see if he'll take the curse off. Do you want to come with me? And finally, the chief leans forward into the light, and his face is turning into, like, a horrible mask. <gasps> and his skin is rippling. It's all bloated and rippling. And as far as I could tell, we do not know the name that was whispered to him. So mm-hmm. I don't know what he is undergoing, but it's some sort of horrific, like, his face looks like a mask of a face. And there's, like, like also me- blood coming out of his head. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, honestly, Bill kind of got off. Like, he says the most like socially acceptable. One. Yeah, like, like he can, the judges like, turning into a lizard. He looks like I don't even know, like a mud man. I don't even know, like how to describe it. Like nothing good. Mud man. And and the chief is like, it's too late, and I don't think he's ever going to take the curse off. But if you find him, would you kill him for me? And he puts a revolver on the desk, 
And Bill's like, I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to kill anybody. And he chases Bill out the door screaming, shooting him will be the only satisfaction you're ever going to get because he's never going to take the curse off. Never! <laughs> and he chases Bill out of his house. Allison, as soon as Bill goes outside, he hears a gunshot. He doesn't even go back to check on it. Yeah, you know what happened. Yeah, he just goes home and he just starts fucking chowing down. And of course, he's like, when he gets home, he sees Dr. Mike leaving the house. And I think this is like what is interesting about this character. And I think it's like kind of hard to like represent is like everyone he knows is a piece of shit. And Bill sucked, but he um, doesn't seem as bad as some other people. Yeah. As soon as he sees Dr. Mike is at his house and is leaving he assumes that Heidi's cheating on him. Yeah. He has, like, this, like, lurid fantasy of them hooking up. Heidi has been nothing but, like, a kind, caring spouse, like, doing her best, caring for him during what she imagines is, like, his cancer or whatever, like, you know, like... And Dr. Mike, again, also does not seem to be anything but, like, a kind friend. And they're... He has this fantasy that they're hooking up. They're really, the movie does not give you that satisfaction. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no, like, oh, they were cheating or, you know, like... We absolutely weren't. He, he has this, like, fancy about it, and it's so Aye. weird, but I guess we're just setting up, like, why he has to be, like, cosmically punished. Okay. Is that he does have this, like, fatal flaw where he immediately, like, turns on his wife. Even though, again, she's doing the best she can. Dr. Mike's yeah. doing the best. And so Heidi sees him as, like, why did you leave the Glassman Clinic? Like, right. what are you doing, you know? And he's like, no, I'm, I, it's the gypsy curse. I'm going to go find Lemke. And she's like, please stop talking about the curse. And he throws his chicken across the room and he screams, I'm being erased. Yes. A few days later, they go to Chief Hopley's funeral. And um, Dr. Mike tries to talk to Bill. And he's like, I, I, the clinic will still have you back. Like, p- Please go back to the clinic. And Bill's like, no, I just need to go find the caravan and storms off. And so he sees Heidi and Dr. Mike talking and it seemed to me they are clearly just talking about being concerned about Bill. Yes. He's like, oh, like they're, the, like, they're f- yeah. surprising and confusing, like, medical situation that her husband is in. Yeah, which you, and it's like Mike it implies that they've known each other since high school. So it's like the idea that, like, oh, no, they, they're, they're talking together. They must be fucking, bitch, you are falling apart. You're becoming a skeleton. You are screaming at your yes. family. Like, you're, something is clearly wrong with you, and they're both very distressed. It is not unreasonable to think that they might be meeting even when you're not there because you don't seem to be the most lucid person right now. Yes. So Bill storms off and he goes to meet with the detective, the incredible detective, that private detective that he had worked with on the um, mafiosos case. Yes. Detective Devers. And he's like, you know, the woman you killed is actually Lemke's daughter. And he's like, how the fuck is that possible? That woman was like 75 years old. And he says, based on the records I found, Lemke is 106. Whoa. So that, that woman, Suzanne, was his daughter. Because um, everyone had assumed that she was his wife, mm. you know, because they looked about the same age. And uh, Gina, the hot Romani woman, is uh, Lemke's granddaughter. And uh, that guy, Gabe, is her husband. So they're all part of the same, you know. Family. And I'm just sort of like, why would his 75-year-old wife have a 25-year-old daughter? Anyways, I don't know how any of this works. You know, the math like, doesn't need like to work. A, yeah. yeah, there's a generation in there. <laughs> um, but Deaver says, I, here's a map of where the caravan typically heads, because it's something that happens every every year. I don't know the exact towns, but they always end up at Bar Harbor at the end of the season. So uh, my suggestion is let's go to Bar Harbor, catch them in a couple weeks when they end up there. And Bill's like, yeah, I don't have that kind of time. Um, yep. When he gets home, he's like preparing to like track down the caravan. Dr. Mike is there. And Bill walks in on their convo. And basically what Heidi and Dr. Mike are talking about is l- trying to legally force Bill into the Glassman Clinic, like mm-hmm. having him declared 
that he is not well, um, yeah. capable, well enough to make those decisions by himself. So of course he's like betrayed and hurt. Again, it's like if if you're a loved one who until then everything seemed like pretty normal was undergoing such a radical physical and personality um, change. Obviously, nobody wants to be committed against their will. That sounds horrifying. Of course. But there is something to be said about, like, what are our options when a person does not want to get help? You know what I mean? Yes. And and clearly, they're just talking about that. They're not—you don't see them, like, kissing or something. And Bill says, okay, you know what? I'll go back. And Heidi's so relieved. He's obviously lying. Yes. And in the, he leaves in the middle of the night, and he, he leaves a letter. And we hear it in voiceover to Heidi. He's like— Lemke know what, knows what I did, but not what you did, which frees you up not to think about it, Heidi. But that's a luxury I can't afford anymore. If there's anything between you and Dr. Mike, end it immediately. And I do think that Heidi is somewhat ethically responsible for the roadhead. But I agree. Not in a way that he's allowed to punish her for it. You know what oh. I mean? Like, I think she's allowed to feel bad. But then it'd be like, it's also your fault. It's like, okay, but bitch, you were driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? You hit her. You hit her. So uh, Bill drives on. He arrives at a rail yard encampment. He just missed them. But he does see a sign for Quigley Realty on the fence. And so he stops by that realty office. And he uh, sort of pumps the owner, Biff Quigley, for intel. It's like you rented Biff it Quigley. to this caravan. The name's in this movie. Incredible. And Biff says, well, you know, it'll be $800, but not for the info about the caravan. It's so I don't call your wife or your doctor. And he's like, what do you mean? How would you know about that? Bill Quigley holds up a missing poster that Heidi and Dr. Mike have put up, ostensibly all over Maine. Maine. Being like, you know, he's under psychological distress. Please, if you see this person, we will give you a a cash reward. And Biff's like, you give me $800 or I will call this number and I will get the money because it's more than $800. And Bill says, do you take traveler's checks? So Bill drives on. And the thing is, he's just behind the caravan. Like, he keeps missing them. Mm. And finally, he he shows up at it like a legit fair, like you know, like um, Ferris wheel, you know, actual like yeah. concessions Carnival, and stuff. Yeah. And the Lemkes have their own booth, and um, Lemke spots him in the crowd immediately and says, "Let me guess your weight." And he says, "One five nine nine, and next week gonna be one four three, and the week after that, woo We don't like to think about that, do we, Mister?" <laughs> And Gina says, sorry, mister, you lose, but you can have a prize anyway. And she reaches for, like, there's an array of dolls. And amidst the dolls, there's a, they're, like, puppets of him, the judge, and the chief. And it's, like, the judge is, like, turning into, like, essentially a lizard man. Yes. The chief dead. And then, like, a gaunt skeletal doll version of Bill. Awful. And tries to hand it to him. So Bill runs off. And Gina chases him with her slingshot. And Bill makes it to the entrance of the fair. And a car pulls up. And inside, the judge is driving. And he looks sort of like a cracked, like, you know, like um, uh, the Fantastic Four, like the thing. Oh, where yeah. He looks like he's made out of rocks. Yes. It's kind of that. And okay. his teeth are all like jagged and sticking out. And they drive off. And he's Ooh. like, get in the car. And they peel away. And just then, a truck driven by Lemke cuts them off. And they're sort of pinned in the road. And a school bus, also driven by Lemke, smashes into them. Bill wakes up screaming, it's a dream. It's, of course, a dream. Bill calls the judge's house. It reminded of him uh, due to uh, okay. the dream. And Lita tells him, Carrie can't come to the phone right now. Yesterday, he drove his car into a gas truck. It's a happy ending of sorts. He always did want to be cremated. Oof. So now the judge and the chief have both are, are both, both dead. dead. They have both taken their lives. So Bill is the last person. 
And so Bill drives on and he stops at sort of a seedy roadside bar and he shows a picture of Lemke around. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, the, I, I've seen that guy. And I remember him because I, I met him 20 years ago and I was a carny. And, and I saw him recently, like just when they were passing through last week. And he said, how's that pretty little wife of yours? You'll be seeing her soon. And Bill's like, oh, that guy, yeah, he sucks. And the guy at the bar says, sir, my wife died five years ago. What did he mean I'll be seeing her soon? And, and he, Bill's like, okay, but like, where were they going? And she's like, oh, yeah, follow up Route 27 and then the North on 1, but you'll you'll find them. Which I appreciate. You gave him good concrete information. Yeah, it's it's helpful to have, like, real directions. Um, and so Bill calls home. He gets Linda on the phone. She's like, I came back. He's like, oh, Dr. Mike's here helping mom. And Heidi picks up the other receiver, of course. And she's like, they, Bill, thank God. You called. Dr. Mike is here. We really want you to come back. Bill hangs up. And he's shouting, bitch, 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 as he slams the receiver down. And he says, this is all your fault. No, it's not. No, Bill, it's, it is it's not. It's still your fault. It's still your fault. She's not wholly unimplicated, but yes. like, it is your very fault. weird. Yeah, it's very it's juvenile. Bill, misplaced. What it is. Yes. Finally, um, he tracks them down to a field outside, a, a, like a nearby town, and they all sort of recoil as he walks into the camp. They all immediately know that he is cursed, and they all know who he is. Yeah. And Gina says, and "Is he, he like real my... thin looking now?" Like, yeah. So at this point, we have gone from looking trim to he is starting to really hollow out in the face. Yeah. So again, he still does not look as bad as he will look by the end of this movie, but he is someone who you, if you from the beginning to now, you'd be like, okay, well, you have some sort of wasting he, illness. Yeah. You are extremely unwell. And, you know, Gina's like, you killed my mama and you have the audacity to show your bony ass face in here. We should kill you. And she shouts at him in Romani and Lemke comes out and says, oh, she called you white man from town. And Bill's like, listen, I didn't intentionally hit your daughter. I genuinely didn't see her. I'm so sorry. I, you know, and Lemke's like, that's the problem with you white people is you never see us. Mm. This is just one example of that. And Bill's like, this is not justice. This is not going to get your daughter back. And she, and he's like, I know I can't get my daughter back. That's not what this is. You took her life and I'm taking your, her, your life. That's some kind of justice because I, you know, you can't bring her back to life. Right. Bay, Bill is so desperate. He, like, gets down his hands and knees and he begs him, like, please, please take this curse from me. And Lemke says, stop or I'll make it worse, like this. And he holds up his fist and Lemke clenches his fist and blood just starts pouring out of it. And everyone kind of steps back and it's like, oh, Wait. no, he's, like, using some sort of gypsy power. Wait, who, what? Lemke, Lemke grabbed around Bill's no, fist? No, Lemke just closes Lemke just his own fist. fist. And blood comes out. Blood just starts okay. coming out Got of it. it. Like, he's summoning blood, or, like, he is giving, like, he's so powerful that it's, like, that, like blood from can, a stone, yes. sort of. Like, I'm just yes. causing this. And Bill's like, okay, I'll go. But not before I curse you! And he starts pointing her out. He's like, the curse of the white man from town. And all the Romani, you're, like, laughing, like, hilarious. Like, you yes. don't have that kind of power. That's not, yeah. And and he's, like, screaming at everyone. And Gina pulls her slingshot and, fi- and fires it. And it... Uh, goes directly through Bill's hand. So it's not, I thought it was like a, just like a, a wound. It shoots through Bill's hand. So not only is he dropping weight like incredibly fast, now when, in the, of course, the gesture, he closes his fist and blood streams down his. So I think we're supposed to think like Lemke sort of like manifested that wound yes. moments before. So he says, you are under the curse of the white man from town. And even in that moment, like Lemke does have like a moment of like, what are you going to do? Like, how crazy is this guy going to get? Because yes. we, I have these powers, but, like, I'm still a incredibly old man. We've got kids here, you know? Yeah, this guy could still just, like, kill me. 
Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. So uh, Bill goes and stays at like a dump motel, and he finally calls uh, Janelli, and who again said he owed him a favor, oh, yeah. and so Janelli sends him a mafia doctor. He's like he's not a doctor, but he does good work. So a lot of these like I feel like in a lot of mafia movies, like people in the mafia go to see veterinarians or other people who will not yes. like record it. You know? Yes. Yes. And the doctor tells him, like, um, you know, okay, your hand's going to be fine. Um, I'm going to be honest, you look horrible. And um, <laughs> he gives him a, a, a bottle of potassium. And he's like, I, I would start taking these because I'm concerned, like, you're be, like you're dropping weight so fast that you're going to have a heart attack. So please take these and um, expect a visitor tomorrow. And the next day, uh, Janelli drive, drives up and comes to the hotel. And he sees Billy. He's like, Bill, I'm not going to lie. You should have called me earlier. You look like absolute shit. Yeah. And luckily, to his credit, more than anyone else in this movie, Janelli's like, you don't have to explain it to me. I get it. You're under a curse. We got to figure it out. <laughs> you know, like. I mean, uh, once yeah. you're at this point, you need to just, like, accept some realities and just be like, we need solutions not to dwell yes. on what exactly is happening. Because, like, mm-hmm. it, oh, fine. Best case scenario, it's a curse. Nothing else. Yeah. There's nothing else that is happening, you know. And. Uh, Janelle says, you know, I checked in, I, I asked around about Heidi and doc, and, and, you know, Dr. Mike, and apparently they're trying to have you committed in absentia, which means even if someone's not physically there, you can have them committed. So then when they are discovered, if they're ever arrested, they will then just be committed, yes. you know, and Janelle said, and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. And Jelly goes, yeah. So do you think they're fucking? And I'm like, what? I mean, he's like, oh, a man and a woman trying talking? to save the, the woman's husband's life. Yeah. That's they're an affair. Screwing. Yeah. That's an affair. <laughs> and Bill stares at himself in the mirror. He's like, I'm going to get you for this, Heidi. Again, you did this, dude. But like, I guess we're going to think he's yeah. lost so much weight. He's now down to 120. I think he's, like, starting to really lose Mentally, his weight. yeah. So I guess it's like Heidi's, like, the person he could take it out on. It's very weird. Um, so that night, they go to the Romani encampment. And Bill stays in the car because, again, he's very weak. And Janelle said, he says to Janelle, like, you're not going to, like, hurt anyone, right? And Janelle's like, yes. No, I'm not. But that is the last time you get to ans- ask me that. Yeah. After that, you don't get to ask that, and I don't tell you. Yes. And um, he's like, yeah, well, that, that makes sense. You're in the mafia. Allison, uh, Janelle goes and immediately poisons all of the dogs. So they all have, they have a bunch of dogs, you know, like guard dogs slash pets. Poisons all of them. And he puts up a sign that says, white man from town says, take it off. This is not going to work. This no. is only going to make them more angry that you kill yes. their dogs. Yes. Um, so they go what to the gas station. What do the dogs station. do? They're just exactly. hanging out. Exactly. the dog's fault. No. So they go to the gas station and Janelli, there's like a guy sleeping, knocks on the door of the car. And he, it's, he's like, hey, uh, my name is Frank. And Frank says um, to Janelle, Janelli's like, hey, uh, I, I have a, a request, a job for you to do. And Frank's like, all right, but I don't do anything that gets recorded on camera. And Janelle's like, that's a really good plan, honestly. But what I'm actually going to do is I'm just going to pay for you to stay at this gas station because, like, it's like the road leading away from this where they're staying. The one way out, yeah. Yeah, so when you see this caravan go, you call me. And that's it. You know, that's all you have to do. So the next day, Frank calls them. He's like, they moved on. Looks like they are going up to a little farm on Route 92. But I think I, they think they saw me. And so Janelle says, you need to get the fuck out of here, then. You need to just drive out of town. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Frank turns away from the phone and drops his keys and a foot steps on them when he tries to reach down. And it's, of course, Gina and Gabe. Yeah. It's too late for Frank. Bye-bye. That next day, when Bill and Janelli walk outside of Bill's, like, little shitty hotel, 
They find Frank's car and in it, Frank's dead body with the eyes and nose removed and a chicken head crammed in his mouth and then written in blood on his forehead is the word never. Tough stuff. I guess as an answer to white man asks you to stop it or remove it or whatever. Yes. So, Allison, at this point in the movie, I have to ask you, who do you think is going to survive this movie? Who will survive? I think that Bill will survive somehow. Okay. I think Janelli will die. Okay. I think the wife and Dr. Mike will both survive. Okay. And, uh... I think that all of the Roma people will also survive, but maybe not in great shape. Okay. And then how do we feel about Linda? Oh, I hope Linda survives. Don't we all? Mm. All right, people. We all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This A lot of the movie implies a lot of things about, like, how the mafia works that I don't understand. For example, um, yeah. Janelli receives a ton of packages at the hotel, and inside is just a bunch of guns that they mailed him. <laughs> like, it's just oh. like you just, like, called someone and they mailed you a bunch of guns. But I guess. Bill's looking at it, he's like, this is going too far. Like, I don't want to die, but also I don't want to have to murder, like, essentially 100 people. Yeah, like, right, right. You know? And An entire like, community. No, it's not too far now. It's been too far. So that night they creep up to camp. And again, you know, because uh, Bill's so weak, Janelle knocks out and ties up Gabe, Gina's husband. Yeah. And sort of, because he's like the lookout. And he, Janelle just basically fucking just opens fire on the camp. There are kids there. Like, they're old people. It is that just is mayhem. He's just answer. shooting them with a machine gun. Yeah. The Ronnie starts firing back. They've got, like, shotguns, you know, and in the chaos, at a certain point, Janelli grabs Gabe, whose hands are now tied, and has him walk sort of towards the Romani. And they assume this is the person who's shooting at them. They, they shoot Gabe, killing him. And Gina runs over, distraught, realizing it's her husband. Mm. And when they rush his body, he's wearing a sign that says, white man from town says, take it off. In the morning, the police are courting off the camp, you know what I mean, as a crime scene. Because yes, murders occurred. Yeah. Hor- horrific murders, yeah. Horrific Janelli poses as an FBI agent, and then he gets Gina to come with him to identify Bill. Because he, he shows her a picture of Bill, and he's like, we think this guy may have hired somebody to attack your camp. And she's like, oh my God, it's that fat bastard from the, you know, the town. I'll come with you. I'll identify him. Tricking her into getting into his car. He takes her to an empty barn. I know. This guy's depraved, as we're about to find out. He takes her to an empty barn, and he shows her a photo of the man who attacked their camp, and it's, of course, you know, a photo of himself. And so Gina's like, you tricked me, and tries to escape. Janelle takes out a jar, and he says, acid, bitch, and throws it in her face. What? 
she screams, but then he's like, sorry, that was just soda and baking, like a soda mixed with baking soda. Like, I was just messing with you. Oh. That's like then, almost more fucked up than actually throwing acid on someone. It's insane. And he starts just manhandling Gina and he puts a gun to her head, but then Bill slowly, you know, because again, he's, he's so weak, he's having a hard time walking. Yeah. He makes his way to the bar and he's like, stop, I don't want to do this. Like, he is trying to be moral as much as he hates his yes. wife. He's like, I don't want you to just murder this woman, you know, because of me. Just like, yeah, right. And, um, and Jilly says, if you, basically, basically it's like, you need to have your uh, grandfather take the um, curse off or you're going to be a dead little whore. And I'm like, oh my why God. Are we, why do we jump right to that? Exactly. There's no, he, that is a married woman whose husband was just murdered by you guys. And like, for God's why are you sake, calling her yeah. a whore? Also, you hit your mother, you killed your, her mother with your car. Like, yeah. this is like, the, this woman's having a terrible month. Yeah, she really is. Unfortunately, it gets worse because he gets Janelle, uh, get, Janelle gets Gina down on the ground and he bounces an open jar of actual acid on her forehead. And he says, tell Lemke to meet us at the old firehouse in two hours. And then he and Bill take off and Gina is uh, is able to lift the acid off her head because he doesn't like tie her hands down. As soon as he runs like, out, she's able to like pull it, it. Yeah. and like throw it, you know, I'm sorry. And she screams after the car, your friend is a pig and will die thin, but you'll die first, you bastard. Good and for so her. Janelle drives him to the lighthouse. And Bill's on death's door. Like, now he really looks, like, close to death. He's yeah. incredibly gaunt. He's, like, gray. Skeletal, yeah. And so he goes to wait on the one bench near this lighthouse. And Lemke arrives with a pie. And he tells Bill to get rid of this curse. I take the curse off of you. I put it in the pie. And then you have to give the pie to someone else to give to give the curse. You have to pass the curse on, it, it, or I can't destroy it. Whoever eats the pie will die, as he describes, quick and bad. And so he stabs the knife through ha- Bill's hand, through the, um, the wound, and then he drains the blood from his hand into the pie. And okay. he tells Bill, I'm going to be honest with you, what you should do is you should eat the pie. You'll die thin, but you'll die clean. It, you won't have to pass it on. I can't speak for you what happens when you do that for your immortal soul. I say, you just eat it. You die very quickly. It's gross, but you don't have, you don't die in this way. You know, all this wasting right. disease. Yeah. But now whoever eats a pie, a delicious looking strawberry pie. I mean, love a strawberry pie. My mouth is literally watering. I also might as too. I really pie. want pie. <laughs> but Bill tells him, get the fuck away from me. Our business is done. And as Lemke leaves, he calls to him, die clean, white man from town. Die clean. Bill calls home. He tells Linda, hey, I'm coming home. Go stay over George's overnights because me and your mother are going to have a long talk, but I'm coming home and everything's going to be all right. So, of course, Linda's like, hooray. And Heidi gets on the phone and he tells her, I'm, I'm going to be home. Um, he arrives home that night and he puts the pie in the kitchen. And he wakes up Heidi, who's dozed off, and she's like, I know. Oh, my God, I'm so glad to see you. And I know you've been so weird and suspicious, but I just want to reassure you, there is nothing between me and Dr. Mike. I love you. I, I, I'm not cheating on you. And Bill says, I believe you. He doesn't, of course. No, but he says, I'm exhausted. And he's like, oh, she's like, I'll come up to bed with you. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to pass right out. You take a beat. You, you know, treat yourself because I got you a gift. I got you this (gasps) pie on the way back. And she's like, oh, my God, I love strawberries. My favorite kind of pie. This. And he's walking up to stairs and he goes, I know, you bitch. (sighs) It's like, what is wrong with you, man? Why are you so hung up on this? I don't know. I don't understand. Bill wakes up and rolls over to Heidi's side of the bed. And next to him is Heidi's horrific corpse. So Lemke was right. You do die quick. You're just, it looks horrible. 
Her face is both rotten and bloody at the same time. Allison, Bill leans down and kisses her mushed up face. And then like, licks his lips. And he's like, mmm, strawberry pie. I guess I shouldn't have it. I shouldn't have any more. I'm like, you have a daughter with this woman. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it's one thing to be like so, I mean, it's it's still not understandable to be as angry as he is, but then to yeah. like, to take like pleasure, pleasure. Yes. in it is so fucked up. Bill is I want like, him like, to die now. I like deeply want him to die. He's practically whistling. He puts on his robe. He's over his pajamas. And also, I'm like, how are you going to explain this to Linda? Like, what 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 doctor is going to understand this? Yeah, right. What like, this? What, like, yeah. yeah. Whoever, like, because it doesn't like, look like oh, she died of a heart attack, which would make more sense. It's like right. she looks like she was fucking blown up and then put back together. It's horrible. <laughs> and he's practically whistling, like making coffee or whatever. Allison, when he gets when he gets downstairs, he sees Linda's shoes, and he runs into the kitchen, and there's a second plate in the sink. Linda had a slice of pie. And she runs in, and she with a soccer ball. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, I was seeing at George's, but then, m- you know, Mom and I have been fighting while you've been gone. So, like, I was like, I'll come back, and I'll talk to Mom. We had this, such a good talk. And I'm going to go and play soccer, but I just had a piece of the pie for breakfast. It's so good. Um, I'll be back, also, but I love you. Also, there's blood in the pie, right? No, but the pie, the blood was absorbed into the pie. So nobody eating the, the pie is experiencing the blood. All right. Ostensibly. Yeah. I don't know how curses work. But she's like, okay, I'm going to go play soccer. And when she runs out, of course, realizing what he has done, Bill lifts a fork with a bite of pie, and he's about to eat it. And suddenly the doorbell rings, and it's Dr. Mike. And Dr. Mike is generally like, oh, my God, Bill, like, how are you doing? Yeah. And Bill's like, you know, I'm great, and I've even gained a little weight. So why don't you come in here and join me for a big slice of pie? And Dr. Mike's like, okay, I'm not really not intruding. Like, I, I assume you maybe went some alone time with your family. And Bill's like, no, come on in. And he walks in, and the last line is Bill saying, My doctor from town. And he shuts the door. So I took that to mean that he is going to eat the pie along with Mike. Like, knowing that his daughter is going to die, yeah, he is he's going like, to. What, in, what, yeah, like, let's all just go out. Yeah, in his last fuck you, he's going to take Dr. Mike out. Um, Unnecessary. Allison, yeah. What are some fatal mistakes you think some people may have made in this movie? Mistakes. Let's start with the just ethically dubious nature of every single person that Bill knows. Right. Like, be better and have better friends. Do not, like, be a shitty, like, mob-helping lawyer who, like, <laughs> like gets people off, like, off for crimes they absolutely committed. Like, bad. Yes. Already bad. The Agreed. roadhead can't be ignored. It can't. It simply can't. Like— I think there is a world where this accident would have still happened had that not been going on. Right. But that's a problem. But then to spend the rest of this experience, like, being pissed off at your wife and assuming she's fucking your doctor, like, I just feel like so much, that got so in his way. Like, yeah. Like, uh, he was so angry at her that I think there were a lot of, like, then just, like, general missteps and, like, he, like, also should have just eaten the pie himself. 100%. 100%. And, like, because essentially he would have died quickly. But, like, this and this was also the issue in um, uh, Drag Me to Hell. It's, like, if you have a curse, we're passing along with somebody, in this case, to die, which is less terrible than Drag Me to Hell. But it's, like, you are still causing somebody else such suffering. extreme pain and suffering. And if you were a decent person, I do think you would have to just eat the pie. Yes. So that other people wouldn't eat it. Um, my thing about it is, if he had not worked with the chief and the judge to 
um, skirt his responsibility for hitting Suzanne Lemke, would he not have been cursed? Like, if he had been convicted or had to serve or if it, any at least jail had, like, time? Yeah, gone yeah. to trial instead of just... Because I feel like in that case, they wouldn't have cursed him because they'd be like, he is being punished in some sense. Yes. Like, yeah. within this system, there's some kind of... You exactly. Know. And that makes sense. Like, why curses have to exist is, like, because you know the systems are not built to defend you right. historically. Exactly. You have to then, well, well it's same with, like, you're going to go to hell or, like, God's going to punish you right. or, or what, what have you. It's like this, you will get retribution even if I do not have access to a system that to, to give you that retribution. Yeah. So I think that was also a mistake is, like, just being corrupt. This, this yes. was all caused because you were corrupt and your friends are all corrupt and you're part of a corrupt system. And this, in some ways, I'm like, the gypsies are right. You should have been punished. Absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, you, and you're the, re- like, also, did you not consider the fact that, like, what if your daughter came home early in the morning? Like, you're like, oh, she's over that. But she's still going to come back to the house. Like, why didn't you, like, right. Also, like, why Cut. didn't he just get rid of the pie? Like, because either way, he's dying of thinner, Right. No, so he he's not dying of thinner. Oh. The, the His curse is taken out of the pie, taken out of him and given so to the pie. So once his wife ate the pie, he's no longer he's good. dying. Yes. Unfortunately. Was he, like, back to normal? He looked a little bit healthy. He was still thin, but he, that's why I think it's like, it's he's like, like oh, I've it, even gained a little weight today. and it'll reverse. Okay. Yeah. I see. So he would be fine eventually. Um, but I think we're to think because his wife, because his, his daughter is about to die horribly, um, I think he's just going to go ahead and eat the pie anyways. Yeah. It's like, boy, you really fucked that up, didn't you? Because yeah, you could have just really wanted to, yeah. eaten it yourself. Also, and- why not? And I'm going to say, like, I'm not saying that, I don't think infidelity, like, listen, humans make mistakes. But why wouldn't you give it to Dr. Mike? If you're so obsessed with the idea of your wife cheating, he ostensibly is a, you're one of your dear good friends from high school. And he's not the mother of your child, or you're not going to have to explain his death to your child. So it's like, if right. you really want revenge... Dr. Mike seems like the person you'd give the pie to. You get the thrill of revenge, but you don't have to do deal with your your yeah. daughter's grief at losing her mother. Right. Am I wrong? No, I'm with like, you. Like, you're not thinking far ahead. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're being stupid about this. Yeah, you're too focused on her when, like, you could just have given it to him. Yeah, but, but you know, hey. That's what hey, Rachel you know. do. And also, that's, you know, the baked-in misogyny that uh, runs under the surface of everything that happens in this country. So... <laughs> And, and I think that is, like, what makes us a morality tale. It's, like, the people who are corrupt, the people who are terrible people do get their comeuppance. Unfortunately, Linda, who was just a kid, also does. But um, they, they, they've ruined their own lives through their own yes. greed and uh, hubris. And that's kind of that's kind of nice to see. It's a little bit of a, you know, a little payback. That sounds, that's not in the mood for that. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Allison, where would you place this movie on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. This one feels kind of like a like a four or a five for me. Maybe yeah. Four and a half. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna give this a two. Yeah. Um, because I do, I I really enjoyed it. Again, spooky scale is just on the degree to which we find something is spooky, not yes. enjoy it. I really enjoy it, but it is much more of like a. It has, like, a Twilight Zone feel where it's, like, a lesson. Yes. You know, like, you meet the devil at a diner or something. Mm, yes, that's definitely the vibe, mm-hmm. which, like, sounds kind of fun. But yes. not as scary as, like, some of the looming dread that we have discussed in other films. Or just, yeah. like, pure, like, horror. Absolutely. 
Well, Allison, this has been so nice. I can't wait to do this potentially right All after the we finish this. I know. Um, so many yeah, more. It's so good to have you back. And, back in, uh, back you know. in the saddle. Yeah. It's so great. We are both sitting on horses, which yes. I, we should have figured out the camera angles because then you could see it. I know, because then you guys could see the horses that we're riding. Mine's yeah. um, a mini horse. Um, right. Mine is one of those big Budweiser horses that are like <laughs> the feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this. this The ceilings are 30 feet tall. I'm in yeah. a cathedral sitting on a yes, yes. Yes. Recording this. Um, well, it's going to feel good to say it. So I feel like we got to say it. All right. <gasps> you guys, please, please do your best to. Keep Keep it it spooky. We love you. We love you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Mm